0: and welcome to the Fitnatics. Today, we're joined by Dr. Carol White from UT Health San Antonio. Hi, Dr. White, how are you today? Oh, I'm great, so nice to see you, Susie. Great to see you. So Dr. White, let's get started, if you don't mind telling
1: us a little bit about your background and area of expertise. Okay, so I'm a nurse, been nursing for a long time. Always worked with um, patients with neurological conditions like stroke, um Parkinson's disease dementia and so got very involved with um working with their families as well saw the impact that these conditions had on their families and so began to work with the family caregivers um, which led to working more specifically with caregivers of stroke survivors and then more recently at the university I have started a program for family caregivers of people living with dementia
0: Very good. Now, on that particular topic, I do have some questions from fellow Fitnatics that I'd like to share with you today. So we'll get started with that. First question is, what are some of the early signs or symptoms of neurological disorders that we should be on the lookout for?
1: So um, maybe I'll talk specifically about dementia, first of all, and and we know that the greatest risk factor for developing Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia is, is age, but we also know that um, it's not a normal part of aging, but people as the age, they do worry, is that like a normal symptom or is that something that I should worry about? And so a lot of the things that we see as we age, like sometimes forgetting names, um, sometimes making making a mistake with your checkbook or sometimes just not wanting with not wanting to be around people as much or withdrawing a bit, those can be normal signs of aging. But I think what differentiates what might be something that indicates some kind of cognitive impairment um, is is the magnitude and the frequency. So sometimes you might forget, you walk into the kitchen, you think, why did I walk there? And then you come back and you, but you remember, but not even knowing where your kitchen is would be something that now the magnitude is much greater or not remembering the names of your kids. You might, you know, sometimes just Call one the other but when you really don't remember their names or their date of birth. So things like that. That And then the other thing is this a change from what you've seen previously in terms of it's different and the rate of progression is different as well. So those are all things that should take someone to see their doctor to see that this doesn't seem to be just a normal part of aging. And just when people talk about dementia, just to remember that dementia is really the umbrella term that describes um, some problems with, with language, speech, with comprehension, with memory, with perception that really impairs your ability to carry out your daily activities. And then there's many causes of dementia. Often people refer to dementia and Alzheimer's disease synonymously or interchangeably but it's because Alzheimer's accounts for at least 60 to 70% of um, types of irreversible dementia.
0: I see. Now to take that question a little bit further, one of the questions was, how do you convey to your general practitioner um, the need for a little bit more uh, testing in those particular cases other than the typical 20 or so question tests that are uh, administered? So I,
1: again, um, because some people just see these changes as a normal part of aging, they, you know, some physicians may not um, may may you know it may be reluctant to to refer you for further testing so i think it's important that the family is an advocate for their family member who might be experiencing these changes and even though we don't have a cure for alzheimers or even good disease modifying therapies we know there's benefits of an early diagnosis and i've heard had many caregivers say to me you know i just didn't know what was going on with my husband or with my wife so getting that diagnosis you know I knew what I was dealing with then. So that's, you know, early diagnosis is important for that. Also, so that you set up a relationship with a care team. And there's a lot of trials now that, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes when we talk about fitness, but there's a lot of trials that are really focused on people with early stage. So it gives you an opportunity maybe to be part of a trial, contribute to research, and maybe even something that could be beneficial to you as an individual, as well as, as future people.
0: Excellent, very good. Now, um, when it comes to nutrition, are there any nutritional changes or supplements that we should be considering to prevent or slow down the progression of some of these uh, diseases?
1: There may be kind of things you see in the popular media and things that come out, but one you know we do know that what's good for the heart is good for the brain. So you you talked we talked earlier a little bit about stroke as well. So things that will be good for preventing stroke are also good for preventing cognitive decline. So people have talked in terms of diet about the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet, and then there's also something called the Mind diet, which is kind of a combination. But they really are kind of of what we knew from our food guidelines years ago, but really, you know, eating lots of fruits and vegetables, healthy proteins, um, cutting back on salt, particularly in the DASH diet, um, also um, grains, um, and, and really eating more fish, olive oil, nuts. We know nuts are an important part of the, of the mind diet.
0: Yes, very true. Now, on that note, can, let's take it into the fitness and exercise, my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell us what some of the research and studies have said with regards to exercise and what types of exercise are best for these
1: particular conditions? So there's um there's a really interesting study that was um was in um Finland that took place in Finland called the Finger Study. Um and I can't remember all the things, the acronym that it stands for, but it, and I think it's because there's five components to it. Um, but it was it 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 has now gone to the worldwide fingers and also to the pointer trial in the in, in the u s. And that's been a really important study where they've looked at a combination of exercise and cardiovascular is really what they've looked at mostly. So they looked at cardiovascular exercise, diet, and then controlling blood pressure and, and sugar, and then also cognitive stimulation. And they found this was, this study was done on people um, that didn't have cognitive decline. So a prevention study, um, but they found that people even that had one of the genes for Alzheimer's still had longer time to cognitive problems um, with that that combination of of, of interventions that you know I- importantly exercise and and diet among other things. And then they they're testing that now. So when you think of Finland, it's a very homogeneous population, unlike the US. So they're testing it across the US to see, you know, among Hispanics, among African Americans, mm-hmm. among non um, um, Non-Hispanic Caucasians. Does it make a difference as well? So we know how important exercise is. There's also been um, there was a, a study that was published a couple of years ago that looked at um, it's all it's all epidemiological data, which means it's observational and not cause effect. But it knows that these things are risk factors. So it looked at a life course um, view of how to prevent cognitive decline and dementia in later life. And so it's found out that um, early childhood education was important. In midlife, um, controlling diabetes, blood pressure, diet exercise and on to late life social isolation was was negative so social interactions depression was negative so across the life course they looked at these things that were important for preventing dementia and we know that lifestyle is an important part of it exercise and diet
0: yeah definitely definitely is was there any data that supported the or mm, elaborate a little bit more on of course, the cardiovascular, but how often? And, and I get asked that a lot, of, how often should we exercise? For how long should we exercise when we do, in terms of frequency?
1: So I know more um, from the American Heart and Stroke, they have something called Life Simple 7, which um, they've had this, um, this goal, because when, they, when they've when they tested the general population, it's a very low percentage of people, even among the general population, who would be called ideal health. And Life Simple 7 has a game, it's very similar to what I was talking about, that lifestyle you know fingers intervention, has built into to it, um, um, diet, exercise, um, blood pressure control, diabetes control, cholesterol control, not smoking, and and Mm -hmm. obesity, and weight, Um, and so in exercise in that, they talk about 240 minutes a week of moderate intensity exercise, um, which I don't know, that's still what's moderate intensity to me, might be like almost no exercise to you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think <laughs> stuff that gets your heart rate up and gets you and gets you sweaty. Um, so they, they talk about 240 minutes a week of moderate intensity would be put you in that level of for that for that single in indi- indice of, of of ideal health.
0: Got it. Very good. Thank you. Now, what are your thoughts on brain games, things that the cognition? Um, do you have any ones that you would suggest or recommend? Do you feel that they're helpful?
1: So there's a lot of kind of commercial things available, and there's not good evidence on them, although there is, as part of that Fingers trial and that multi-component intervention, cognitive stimulation was important. So it's if you're really good at crossword puzzles, what I read is doing more crossword puzzles isn't going to help you need to do something that challenges your brain um it not only does it need to challenge your brain it needs to be something that's interesting to you that you'll keep doing just like exercise so maybe learning a new language there's been a lot there's actually some interesting um um there's actually some interesting research being done on learning to play an instrument and can it either with people with early um Changes or without cognitive changes, can it delay cognition um, or cognitive decline and they're seeing some of that. So it's doing something that causes you to learn in a new way. Actually, I heard um, somebody from the Alzheimer's Association said very simply, if you're right handed and eat with your right hand, start eating with your left hand. It's making your brain think differently
0: yeah awesome. so learning a new
1: language learning a new um but also staying socially engaged um you know and that's a part of the cognitive interaction is connectedness with people and we know how important social engagement is now we know there's so much information that talks about um about what it what lack of social interaction or loneliness does to your health including can kill you so it's pretty serious. Definitely.
0: Now, Dr. White, what are some of the the biggest challenges you see with family
1: caregivers? so we we know that um family caregivers take on the care of their family member um out of love um out of sometimes because they're the oldest child you know they're mm-hmm. the ones who will care but we know there's consequences for caregivers to their physical health their emotional health and also um social health social interaction and then particularly financial health is is an important negative for families so so we um But we know that there's benefits of education, understanding the course of the disease, the progression of the dementia or a stroke or whatever it is that you're caring for in terms of your family member, being well informed about the condition and what's gonna happen in the future. And then um, really helping caregivers to have confidence in their caregiving role. Often caregivers are afraid, am I gonna hurt my family member? Am I feeding them the right thing? Should I be pushing them to exercise? What should I be doing? So understanding that role better and feeling confident we know is associated with better health outcomes for family caregivers. And so education, understanding the disease and then finding support. Support groups aren't for everyone, but um, for a, a, a large number of caregivers, and particularly ones I'm very connected with right now, support groups have been so important to them. Um, caregivers say to me, nobody knows what I'm going through like another caregiver. I just have to start talking and they, I don't have to go through the whole thing. They say, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Well said. Well said, Dr. White. Now I have another question from a uh, a fellow fitnatic and she shared that her husband had a hemorrhagic stroke about uh in 2018. In 2018 and made great progress the following months after for about 3 or 4 months when he did his therapy. Um since then he's been complaining of um some uh burning and just weakness overall on the left hand side mainly in the hand and some in the leg. What are your thoughts? Because she feels as though if he continues to work on that side in terms of coordination and strength, that there would be some improvements. Do you feel that since the stroke took place, you know, 2018, that at this point in time, progress can or cannot
1: be made? So, Um, When I first graduated, which I was a long time ago, and I've always worked pretty um, much with people with stroke my whole career, we kind of were told what you see at three months is what you get. Then we were told what you see at six months is what you get. Um, But now we know a lot more about brain plasticity. And we know, you know, the improvement is, is like this more in the first few months. But we know that people can continue to make slow gains over time. So I... I'm thinking to tell people to never give up to continue to push to what they can do. The gains may be very slow now and maybe small, but, um, but we, you know, we we're learning so much more about the brain and and its capacity for 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 still learning and for building new cells that in terms of new pathways. Um, And in terms of the pain, sometimes post-stroke people will have um, just maybe some of the sensory um, pathways were damaged and they can experience pain, um, almost kind of, um, you know, the the kind of pain, neuropathic pain that you hear about, um, limb pain that people might have when they've had an amputation, but they have that burning pain sometimes. I think it's important um, that you know, that individual talked to the family physician, there are sometimes some medications that will help with that because that pain can be, you know, debilitating. Thank
0: you. Now, a little bit about you, since we are the addicts here, (laughs) is if you can share with us uh, your favorite types of exercise and and what you do
1: to uh, stay fit well I am I am a cycling fanatic um I'm not a very good cyclist and I um I did cycle for a, a long time a lot and then particularly I'm Canadian when we moved to Texas it was amazing to cycle year around um I don't cycle outdoors as much now just because of the traffic and and but I do cycle sort of in the subdivision but I ride I ride a bike in the house I so I love cycling I think that's probably I used to run a bit I don't run much now I I cycle more. I'm not a very good swimmer. I sort of enjoy that sometimes. And then I I really like training and and training with a trainer and doing weights.
0: Awesome. I love to hear all of that. It's my favorite. (laughs) Now, Dr. White, can you tell us a little bit about um, either resources that um, individuals can reach uh, for some support uh, given for family caregivers in this particular situation?
1: Yeah, I would, you know, so we have a program that's focused on family caregivers of people caring for someone who is living with a diagnosis of dementia. Um, and mm-hmm. so I would recommend our program at UT Health and we, our, our website is utcaregivers.org, where you can find the email to our program and see the events that we offer. Um, At this point, all of our events are at no cost to family caregivers. Um, And then you know, depending on um, the, the chronic neurological condition, the American Heart Association has very good resources for um, families. And then there's also the Family Caregiver Alliance that you can just Google um, online that has really excellent um, resources for family caregivers as well.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. With that being said, Dr. White, I want to thank you for your time and for the valuable information you shared with us today.
1: Oh, love being part of this. Thank you so much. Um, Have a good rest of your day.
0: Thank you. And thank everyone for joining the Fitnatics today.